0: You are listening to the Resonate Church Sermon Podcast. Resonate is a collegiate church planning network in the Northwest. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at resonate.net. Hey Resonate Church, great to be with you guys. It's been an amazing week as we've seen Resonate Olympics kick off and the amount of creativity and the amount of just perseverance that you guys have put into this has been amazing. I find myself watching these Dude Perfect shots and just thinking, ah, that's impossible, that's impossible. Um, And Ben Winslow, I think you're a liar in that. So uh, anyway, we are in the third week of this series called Anchors and Sails. And in this, really what we're talking about is this big idea that COVID-19 really brought these winds and waves into our world. And it really revealed something to us that potentially our faith was built upon Calm things, calm waters, and as these winds and waves begin to come in, it began to reveal to us that maybe there was uh, not necessarily the steadiness and the anchoring to God's truth that we want there to be in our lives. And so, um, as we get deeper and deeper into this, um, what we're what we're seeing, what we're finding out, is there these trends. Um, that's really revealing what's going on in our lives. And we've looked at this and we've realized that many of us um, kind of have been adrift in this, that we've been in this moment. There's been some stuff that's happened where incrementally we see ourselves moving from where we were and what that looked like. And so um, really understanding that our hearts have to be tied to these deeper truths and really understanding how we navigate these winds and the waves that are coming out um, in this season and in this time. So that's what this series has been about us trying to figure out what are those truths that we have to anchor to in the midst of this season and what are some of these things that this season is revealing in us um, that we need to point towards. And so this week what we're going to do is we're going to take head-on this idea that throughout this season it's revealed that there's something happening in us and it's being revealed in the sense of uh, motivation and lethargy and there's just rampant apathy. I think all of us were either succumbing to this or we're being deeply tempted by this. And we're just seeing this everywhere. And in our relationship with our alarm, um, maybe it's becoming a, a contentious relationship with your alarm, trying to figure out what it looks like for you to get up. As we think about days that are starting to look the same, about our rhythms that tend to have a monotony to them, uh, what, what's happening is we get to these places and, and ultimately, what we're doing is we're trying to find these moments of escape, these moments of being able to say, as Josh talked about last week, hey, we wanna be able to go to some of these things that are tempting to us in these ways. And, um, and and I think that all of these things, maybe for us, for you, I know for me, that when I, we began this process and I was like, okay, I'm gonna be at home and there's gonna be some efficiency there because I won't have to go to work and um, all these other plans that we have are not gonna be there, I'm just gonna have more time and I'm gonna take that time and I'm gonna do something and maybe you had some plans. I had some plans. I thought, okay, I'm gonna get. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna be home. I'm gonna have extra time. I'm just gonna get corona jacked. You know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pump. I'm just gonna get really, you know, really big. Um, <laughs> and then the first week happened, and uh, and I realized, man, weights are heavy, and uh, they're not that fun. So. Um, and then I realized, man, who am I kidding? Like, look at this. I've got the wrist of a 12-year-old girl. So um, no one's ever going to think, hey, um, this guy's going to get jacked from this. Um, there's all kinds of things that it might have been in your life that you had these ideas um, that you were like, this is who I'm going to be. And then we get into this and we find out that, man, our, our motivation is a lot lower than we think it is. And, and I think that that idea, um, what we need to do is we need to just kind of press into that because there's something underneath that Uh, that I think is going to be revealed in that. And so let me kind of unpack where we're going and the phrase that we've been using. So as we begin to think about what does um, motivation have to do with our spirituality, here's the idea that I think we have to anchor to and put a sail towards. Um, This is this idea, if God is creator, I can discover my purpose. So if the, the anchor is this idea of God is creator and, and that really ultimately allows us to be able to have this self-discovery of our purpose and, and this might seem kind of strange or kind of confusing or, or maybe not like a big big deal that we think about God is creator as an anchoring piece Um, But right now I really want to get into this idea that really this, this presenting thing of our lack of motivation or temptation towards unproductivity Um, is really rooted in something else, and that's rooted in our understanding of our purpose. And our understanding of our purpose really is this key idea that's underneath this. And this is uh, not just the presenting idea, but it's the underlying um, reality for this. And so um, I I think that, that really this is a big deal in our lives. And it's a big deal as we begin to say okay what does this mean for us to be able to understand so really it goes back to this core understanding of can i know for sure what god wants me to do with my life can i know for sure what god wants me to be doing with my life that's a big deal can you know for sure what god wants to be you to be doing with your life and are you doing on this planet what you're supposed to be doing on this planet i know big, big things. But our, our connection to our alarm clock starts with these ideas, right? Can my life really count? And, and as we think about living our lives on this earth and we begin to think about at the end, would we say, I did what I should have done on earth and what I did mattered? No big deal, right? I did what I should have done on earth and what I did mattered and I truly lived. And I think for us, especially as people who are people of faith and believe that there's an eternity beyond this life and the the idea of this is a short life, there's, there's a long eternity, but we are a vapor in this. And so in this life, are we doing on this life what we should be doing? And does it matter? Big deals for us to be able to think through. So when you're anchored, Um, to this reality, there's something that connects back to what gets us up in the morning and us being able able to have a sense of being able to be pulled out of bed and being able to say there's an adventure for us to go on. And so what I want to do is make sure that we connect this Um, to a truth that's beyond ourselves and a truth in the Bible. And so we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 10. And really I want to connect this to really this idea of maybe what's been set adrift in our life in terms of motivation and how do we connect that back to um, our purpose. And so here we are, we're going to go through this. It, It says this, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. This is, a, this is a key thing for us to be able to think through. And so it goes on, it says this. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so this is the text, and I want us to focus on this this text, and for us to understand that what we have to do at the very beginning of this, when we look at this, uh, this, this text, and we begin to understand this truth, is to understand that this, this is, this has got to help us deconstruct something that's happening in our world, and and really what's happening in our world is there's two competing narratives or two competing truths, and you need to to kind of reveal that so you can understand what you're naturally being drawn into, so it's this first idea of this idea of creation versus discovery and the emphasis is on what God is doing and not what you are doing and so in this as you begin to think about this it's talking about um, this this idea of salvation but it's bigger than that it's it's talking about this it says this is um not not your own doing not your own doing this is key but is the gift of God so that no one may boast. These are, these are massive phrases because in these phrases, really what you begin to see is the difference between what our culture understands and what really God says to you. See, our culture tells you that you create your own purpose that you create your own purpose, that you have the freedom to create your own world, to be your own person, to be whomever you want to be. As long as ultimately it fits within the cultural mandate and as long as this fits into really the, the specific things that you know you begin to see in culture right we are still manipulated by what we see in culture but but we believe in our heart that man I can be whoever I want to be I have freedom to be myself and to be whatever it is but the key is that on this when we begin to accept the freedom we also accept the responsibility to create everything on our own and for us to be able to be pointed towards this and so culture tells you you are responsible to create your own purpose and this is ultimately to be found in this world, right? So you make yourself in this world and you make yourself, um, you you know, you're a self-made person. You find yourself, you do all this in this and that's the idea of you are to create your own world. Now, this is fundamentally different because when we begin to look at scripture it says this it's not that you've done this it's not that you are the 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 person that is that has created this on its own you are a recipient in fact this is this verse talking about our salvation really our reconciliation to God it talks about this idea of discovery so where culture tells us we have to create here's what the reality is is that the bible tells you you don't have to create you've been created so here's what you have to do you have to discover that's a massively different thing this idea of everything in us we believe I have to create this and God says no you don't have to create it I've created this you have to discover and a discovered truth is much more profound than a created truth right when we discover something man it is it's deep when we begin to say I created it we begin to say it's kind of based upon me and what I did and so in this here's the thing when we begin to understand that our, our 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 purpose is kind of founded on something that we created. That's in this world. Here's what happens: is that this can be removed from us. That that something that can happen in our world removes us, and this crushes us. If, if it's your job, your job can be removed. If if it's spouse, your spouse can die. If it's um, some sort of a. a skill that you have, that skill can be either eroded or taken. You can lose that thing. If it's a possession, you can lose those things. Whatever it is that you would say, hey, this is the the thing that I have my purpose in. Um, If it's found in this world, it can be removed. But if it's found outside of this world, you can never lose it. And you can begin to recognize that this is what you can begin to kind of found your life upon. This is what is a solid foundation. So here's what we begin to see. This is not of your own doing, but it's something that you discover. Man, I I remember uh, a guy in my village talking about this, this moment. Um, when he had one of the pinnacle moments of his career, and there was a ceremony to recognize this. And in the moment that that ceremony happens, and he begins to recognize, hey, this is all happening, there was a profound emptiness that he experienced. In the moment that should have been the highest, most significant moment of his career, um, he experienced an emptiness, and it's because, here's the thing, at our core, every single one of us, in these moments that should have been the most significant moments, there's also this emptiness, and it gnaws on us, and everyone, of us have been there when we begin to say, you know what, it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. And it's because we're locating in this world our, our most significant points of purpose instead of outside of this world. Here's what this says, man, you've been saved through faith and that's all that you did, that you just had faith towards something and it's not of your own doing. It is the gift of God and not a result of works, so that no one would boast. We talk about this oftentimes in the context of salvation, but it is also in the process of understanding our purpose. And here's where we get to get into that. Here's what it begins to look like. So we begin to see um, what's the next thing. This idea in verse 10, it says this, for we are his worksmanship. This is so profound. So when we begin to see this process, not of us, a discovery process, right? We are discovering this thing, it's not in us, but ultimately we begin to discover how God has created us. Now this is this is profound. Each and every one of you have been created by God, for God, and none of us are the same. I, I remember reading this and, and getting just so overwhelmed with the fact that throughout this man the diversity of what God has created is so amazing God has created peace people are wired different have different personalities have different loves have different competencies all these different things and I remember being in um, in college and taking a psychology of personality just because I was like this is amazing watching the diversity that God has is amazing in this Um, and so I took this class and and also took it because it didn't have an attendance policy but that's beside the point I, I really was fascinated To know just the diversity of what God has created. And it's true that God has created people who are uniquely wired. You love things that others loathe. Um, There's things that you're wired to be competent in that others are terrible at. And we're all over the place in this. And this is the beauty of God that He is, that you are, you are His workmanship, right? That you are not your own workmanship, but it says this: you're His workmanship, right? He created this, and he created something that you get to discover, but the key is for you to begin to discover who God's created you to be in this, in this season. And, and this is this profound thing. And as we begin to discover how we're wired, our personality, the things that we love, the things that we're burdened for, all of these things, they begin to make us us. Um, we begin to discover what I would call our passion. And our passion is this thing that is the combination of how God has uniquely created us both in our unique realities that are pre-wired into us and the experiences that we have in our life and God brings those together and in that what we begin to understand is there is something that we get to discover about who we are and this is a profound thing that we begin to understand that we have a passion and and it could be that these passions fit into categories, and it could be that these passions are things that don't easy uh, aren't easy to fit into, pa- into categories. But each and every one of us has these things, and they're all different. I remember one week um, a few years ago, I sat down with a guy, um, and he was getting his PhD, and I began to ask him, "What are you getting your PhD in? And what are you like? What are you about?" And um, and he began to talk about nuclear forensics and he began to talk about this reality that um, it was his job to be able to trace um, all, and have the kind of the nuclear fingerprint uh, across the world so that if there's nuclear material that is uh, used in weapons or in fuel um, and something happens to that, that he's uniquely um, oriented towards being able to trace that nuclear fingerprint all the way back to the place that it was mined from. And like, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy that you can begin to take and understand that this came from this place. And, and I I understand none of it. Right. So I'm sitting there and you know, he's like, how's your subway? And I'm like, my mind's blown. I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, But he's all into this, you know, nuclear fingerprints on weapons and all this, all this stuff. And the same week I have um, I have lunch with a guy who's a, who's a handyman and uh, this guy likes fixing things at people's houses and he ha- enjoys being able to take something that's, that's broken and fixing it and these are both guys that have this passion and these passions are for things that are vastly different and it is it is an incredible thing to be able to think about how each and every one of us are built with with passions, and these are unique. And it is our desire to be able to use these, and to be able to be good at these, and to be able to have something that we would say, "Man, I love I love doing this. I love pursuing this." And I think that sometimes we can get into this place where we think, "Oh, I just got this little this little thing that I like to do." Um, but if we know anything about the last um, 10 years of our economy is that people took their passions and, and made them into careers and the potential to be able to do this is unlimited in this day and age and this is this is an amazing thing to be able to think about how we can take these things and so we get this idea of what's your passion what's your burden is there a joy that you have is there a unique thing that you're competent at is there a personality trait and and for us to be able to understand that um, this is this is a wiring, right? This is something that God has created in us. This is a beautiful thing, and and it's not just an emotion, right? And it's not just an inspiration. You, you can begin to get into places where you're like, man, I'm just kind of doing this thing. Um, but, it's, but it's bigger than just your passion, or it's, no, sorry, it's bigger than just an emotion, it's bigger than just inspiration, it's something there that's, that's driving you in this. And so I want you to take, and I want you just to um, take a minute, and would you do this, would you just think of a couple passions that you might have? and would you kind of, maybe you've already kind of processed this, and they could be all over the place, right? It, it could be diverse in whatever those passions might be, but what's that thing that you feel like, man, you're wired for, come alive with, and would you do this? Um, would you take, and would you just drop that into the chat? Would you just drop that into um, that, and just, just, I'd love to see this chat blow up, and I'm gonna give you a couple minutes just to be able to take and drop some of those passions that you might have into that chat. We'd love to see them, go for it. Those are some amazing things. I mean, as you begin to populate that out, I'm sure you're looking at stuff and maybe you're seeing some things that you're like, "Oh, me too. I love unicycling. That's such a cool thing." Maybe we should get together and you're like trying to figure out how to exchange information. Um, a guy named Louis, Louis Giglio tells a story about uh, uh, about NASCAR teams and like the the, the the fact that there's a left tire guy, right? And this this guy, his job in the world is to take on and off left tires from you know from those cars and they come into the pit and he's there. Zing, 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 you know, um, with the lug wrench and stuff like that. And he's pulling it off and putting it on and doing it really fast. And then they're out and about and he's practicing on that thing and being able to figure out how to take lug nuts on, on and off really fast. And he's the left tire guy, right? His job is to take on and off left tires of NASCAR um, cars that, you know, are going around the track and figuring out is this in the right configuration, all this stuff. That's his job. And, and that's his passion to be able to say, man, I can take off a car. You know, I don't know what it's like. Like for him and his driveway you know if he's just just blowing everybody away when he's changing over his snow tires stuff like that um but this is this interesting thing and and here's the thing self-discovery is is all over the place we love tests we love things that tell us who he, who we are but when we go back and say this is his workmanship, it's totally different for us because what we begin to say is it's not something i've created but i've discovered and this pulls us out of the the um it pulls us out of the comparison trap it helps us to be able to say "Hey, I don't have to compare myself to you when I've been created by my Heavenly Father in this way. I'm okay just the way I am. And so when we begin to say I'm his worksmanship and my passion comes from him, ultimately that allows us to live a life without comparison. And man, what would that be like if we didn't have to look around and begin to say I can have to compare myself to anyone else. It also helps us when our passions are pointed to a greater purpose. And so the way out of your prison of purposelessness is to connect your passions to your purpose. That's a lot of P's right there, but it is a truth for us to be able to say, what does it look like to connect our passions to a purpose? And here's where we get into this. It says this. It says, for we are his worksmanship. And it says this, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And here's what I want us to see. This little word, for, three letters, F-O-R, is huge. It is massive. It's the truth that has to sink into our hearts. If there's anything I want to communicate to you, it's this, that your passions have to be connected to the purpose. In fact, this, I want to take this one step further. It, it is, it is that our purpose is, always overshadows our passion. Our purpose always have to over, has to overshadow our purpose. And here's this, so what are we created in Christ, right? So if God is creator, I can discover my purpose. This is the phrase that we're trying to put together today. Created in Christ, why? For good works. So we begin to see the reason behind this, that there's a passion there. But this passion doesn't ultimately get us out of bed. It might might inspire us, but here's where it has to be connected. That it's connected to the why. Our, Our whole lives are about the why. And so the three letters for this, why do you have this, is as you have passion, it's connected to your purpose. Huge for you to be able to say, what does it look like? So if you have a passion without a purpose, you still get into this place where you fall into, um, you, you fall into places where you just have days where you're not inspired. You, you have days where you're like lethargic, but when you begin to say it's it's connected to a purpose, this is this is huge. In Colossians 3, 17, it says this, it says, in whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him this is huge whatever you do in word or deed do it all for the glory of God do it all in the name of Jesus Christ right this is what this begins to connect us to that we begin to say your purpose always overshadows your passion that's how we are to live that we are to be able to say hey all of that thing that you're created in this created in Christ Jesus for good works with the reason of good works for the why of good works in this. So that means that you can be the left tire guy, but the thing that allows you to really feel like your life has meaning to it is that your passion is the, is something that's connected to eternal consequences. So you can begin to say, my passion is to remove tires really fast. Um, But my purpose is connected to the eternal consequences of what I do. And those might not necessarily just be connected to how fast your tire goes on and off. And so it says this, whatever we do, we bring purpose by bringing um, to God's glory. And here's here's where it's key, that we start believing that it's all about us, that our purpose is about our gain. Our purpose is about our promotion. Our purpose about our, is about our lives. It's building my career. Instead, here's what we begin to say. My purpose is to find and accelerate something beyond me, something that's bigger than me. So whatever we do, we point to the glory of God. This is what's amazing in this way. What we see is this. Um, we, We see that people are doing this and it's so inspiring when you begin to see someone watch their passion be connected to a purpose. I remember last fall, I'm in London and I meet this guy and this guy finds Jesus. And as he finds Jesus, he finds his purpose in life. And he's a guy who is um, very high up in a company in the financial district of London, right? And he goes to work, and he's he's you know connected to all these people that are all around high-powered, high uh, high-paying jobs in there. But he has this moment where he begins to recognize that his purpose in life is not just to accelerate his career to make money, but his purpose in life is to connect the gospel to the people he works with. And maybe it is that God has created all of this to put him into a place where he's uniquely has an opportunity to share the gospel with them, to be able to tell the good news, to be able to connect them to eternity and not just to the cul-de-sac of building their own financial wealth on this earth. So here's what you begin to see. You see what happens when, this, when, when something that we do is connected to something beyond this. And so uh, Tozer says this, it's not what a person does that makes them, A.W. Tozer says this, it's not what a person does that makes their work sacred. It's why they do it. It's not what they do that makes their work sacred. It's why they do it. So every single one of us can have a sacredness to the work that we do when we begin to say the why is because of Jesus. And So I want to ask us this. um, When we realize that we are created by God uniquely with these passions, how is it that we can begin to say, how can I take these passions and point them towards God's purpose. If we begin to think about for good works, I want you to just take a minute and maybe you wrote down some of those passions, um, but I want you to write down maybe just some ideas, like how could they be connected to something that's for good works, for God's glory? Take a little bit of moment and just to yourself, write down, how is it that I connect my passions to a purpose? I know that wasn't a whole lot of time, but maybe there was something that you begin to think about. There's a spark that you begin to experience, something that you begin to get maybe a little bit excited about and for you to be able to think about uh, discussing with people around you. But, But here's this thing, as we begin to think about, there's a passion that we have that we begin to see it tied to a purpose but that's not all. What's, what's excited about this, exciting about this is what we see is this, that we're created in Christ for good works, and here's what happens, which God prepared beforehand. This is this, this key idea, that beforehand, that there's a sense that this way by which he's created us and the way by which we find purpose is not just that hope it works out okay but that god has this whole thing where he understands you and he understands what's going to happen in your life and he knows what's going to um, work out in your life and he's prepared beforehand for you to be able to have these plans and this is kind of this crazy thing and for some of you right now in this season of coronavirus you need to know and you to sense that god sees you he knows what you, what he's put within you the passions he knows how it can be put into a purpose And he knows the plans he has for you. And he knows what's gonna happen in your life. And and he he desires to invite you into a place where you begin to be open-handed and say, okay, God, you've given me these passions. I wanna use them for your purpose. Now guide my steps. And I want you to know this is God's pleasure to be able to take your open-handedness in your life and to be able to say, I have a plan. I've been preparing for this. I knew this beforehand. And this is the beautiful thing about this because what it allows us to do is to be able to know what we can do to walk in this and know how we can begin to operate out of this. And so just let me, uh, let me press this in for us. That oftentimes our purposelessness is we talk ourselves out of things and we get to this place where we don't feel like we're good enough, that we don't have what it takes, that we're not qualified, that we're scared, that we begin to have self-doubt, we have comparison, we have indecision, we're we're risk-averse in this, we begin to look backwards at our our lives, um, that we begin to like have this desire for freedom in our indecision and we have this thing that um, is all around us. The rampant thing is that we are wandering, we're indecisive, we're conflicted, we're, we desire this open-endedness. We want to keep our options op- open. And, and this is beginning to be celebrated like this, that, this we just kind of wander around and, and this is kind of this good life. And I want you to say this is not the good life. The good life is for us to be able to have confidence to commit and be able to say, I'm gonna go forward with this. And we begin to say, this is the plans that God has, that he's given me a passion, and I'm gonna leverage that for a purpose. And I'm gonna walk forward in this, having my hands open, God, lead me in this, because you have plans for me, and this is what you need to hear. And this is what tethers us, and this is what gives us a great relationship for our alarm clock, to be able to say, I'm gonna get up, and there's something that's gonna pull me out of bed, and I'm not gonna let indecision and indecisiveness take me out of the game. I'm gonna go 100%. God has a plan to leverage your passions for his purpose and you should ask him about it and you should not ask him to bless your agenda but you should actually ask his will for you not figure out how you can get a little God mojo in your life um, to be able to do your thing but be able to say God if you have plans I want to do your plans for your purpose. Um, You can commit to it and allows you to have focus. One of the things that I love is uh, in our Bible, we have the story of Nehemiah. And if you don't know the story of Nehemiah, you should go and read it. It's an amazing story of a dude who's a cupbearer to the king. And really what that means is he's the poison checker. Um, if someone's going to try to poison the king, he's going to be um, killing Nehemiah first. And so um, people are trying to take out the king. And so he tastes the food of the king before the king does to make sure that it's not poisoned. This is his job, right? A little bit like the left-hand tire or left tire guy, right? So he's a cupbearer. But he Begins to have this passion to go back to his home because he hears that the walls have been torn down in Jerusalem and he begins to say what does it take I'm just a cupbearer but he goes to the king and he begins to ask and says will you give me passage and doors begin to open and ultimately Nehemiah this cupbearer goes all the way back to his hometown and begins to lead out and rebuilding the walls and God begins to do something right they begins to see this guy's taking action I have this passion I'm gonna use it for God's purpose and there's a plan and that plan begins to begin to accelerate these walls and it begins to orient these people back to the scripture and it begins to happen in such a way that there's opposition and these people all around them said hey they're building up the walls are these people you know going to ultimately become powerful again? And so these other little little kingdoms around begin to invite and, and, and do things to distract Nehemiah. In fact, one moment it says, hey, Nehemiah, come, we're gonna recognize you as the leader, come meet with these other leaders so that we can talk. And here's what Nehemiah does in this moment, huge leadership moment, he says this, I'm doing a great work and cannot come down. He begins to recognize that this is merely a distraction to doing what God has called him to do. And this is the key thing is when we begin to understand what God has called us to do, it begins to eliminate distractions around us and allows us to make decisions and allows us to have peace to commit and be confident in what we have. And this is what's beautiful about this, that Nehemiah, he takes and goes from being a cupbearer to a wall rebuilder and it blesses everyone around him. This is what's interesting for you and I. God has plans for you. He's put passion within you for his purpose. When you say yes to God, there's something that you say yes to that's not just about you, but your yes has a cascading effect on the blessings of other people. That when you begin to walk in this, God begins to use you not just for your joy, but it uses for the joy of the people around you. And this is how we're all built together in this. And so um, as we look at this, I want us to ask, what is your great work? and it might change in different seasons. And if you're um, in, in in high school or if you're retired, um, it might be all over the place to be able to say, what's our great work right now? But I want you to know that God's given you something that right now he's pointing your life to. And maybe your purpose is clear. And maybe you're just trying to figure this out and you're saying, okay, God, I just wanna give you glory with my life. And, and maybe it's just you saying, I'm gonna be faithful in this moment. And I'm going to keep going forward and I'm going to keep saying, God, help me to show how my life can be used for your glory. And one day the moment will happen for you and it'll break open and this whole story will unfold much like it did in Nehemiah's life. But it started with someone who said, I'm going to seek after God's passion, after God's purpose, and after God's plan so that I might be able to know how my faithfulness is pointed towards a direction, not just waiting around in this moment. So even in this place, um, I believe that we can connect to this idea that God has saved us, and it's not of our doing to save us. But it's also, it's not of our own our own doing to be able to understand our purpose in this life. And so. I believe that God is going to be faithful towards you. And I believe that there's things that can happen in your life that are deeply significant. So the question is this last piece that we should walk in them. He does all of this to invite us in so that we would say that we should walk within them. So I'm going to ask you as we end today, as we think about what this looks like. Um, what are the things that you ultimately need to walk in? What are the next steps that you need to take? Um, in this, um, I want to make sure that we're we're walking through the practical things. In fact, um, tomorrow, I'm going to be answering some of these questions on IGTV. Just really, if you have any questions about this, if you have anything you're like, hey, what does this actually mean? Just take and you can text those questions down to this number. And I'd love to be able to, to process some of these things about what it looks like for us to experience um, defining our, discovering our purpose and our passion and God's plan for our life in this. And so let's understand that if God is creator, I can discover my purpose. And in that, my hope is, is that you do that today. So the last thing I want to ask, um, really, what are the next steps for you? As you begin to think about this, what is something that God's telling you? If, if it's that we should walk in them, what's the next step that you need to take? Um, and, and really, I want to ask you this. Maybe it's a big deal, but is there something that's sparked within you? Um, and is there someone that you can tell? So just take a couple of minutes and to be able to think through maybe what's God saying to me right now and who can I tell about this? Hey, Resonate, we hope that over the last three weeks, we have helped you anchor yourself into who God is uh, and and resist the temptations that we have in this season of control and anxiety and and lacking motivation. Uh, So by God's grace, we hope our church is going forward, releasing control, praying without ceasing, and walking into our God-given purpose. Uh, We want to invite you back next week as we uh, start a new sermon series preaching through the book of Philippians called Defiant Joy. Uh, Even though that letter was written 2,000 years ago by the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi, I think we're going to find it incredibly relevant and helpful for us in this season. And we believe God wants to speak to us and wants to transform us. So we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Resonate Church sermon podcast. If you are a college student in the Northwest, or if you simply wanna see college students come to know Jesus, please connect with us by visiting resonate.net.